Matthew chapter 14, a very difficult passage, a little review from the last section. Jesus went back to his hometown, a prophet without honor. In his last, it appears that it was his last visit to his hometown, and, and we talked about how difficult it is sometimes to go back home, but he got there and he just began teaching about the kingdom of God. Did they accept him? No. They were offended at him. It did not go so well when he went back home. They were so familiar with him. They couldn't see past the familiarity. They couldn't see past the man to the Savior, that he was more than a carpenter. And, and we have to be careful of that. But, but not only that, uh, we, with our families, we want to be sure that we don't give up. Just because they're so familiar with us and know us so well, we say, well, we can't tell them anything. No, God wants us to tell them. God wants us to tell them, don't give up, and even if it's difficult. We saw how Jesus' family, even though you know, for a long period of time they didn't believe in him and they, they thought he was kind of insane, but in the end, we find him in a prayer meeting. Today, a very sad account, really. It's the death of John the Baptist. It's a very sad, very difficult passage to look at. That John the Baptist, he was martyred. He was put to death. Why? For speaking the truth. And John the Baptist is really kind of the, the last of the Old Testament prophets. But this whole idea about death and, and, and speaking the truth and all the situation, but I want to ask you this morning, if, if you are familiar with death, it's a difficult passage in, in that not only the way it happens, but, but then how do they deal with it and how do you and I deal with death and, and has anyone close to you died? It's never easy, is it? all the details that are involved, all the grief, all the memories. But I think that at the end of the day, what I see here is that, that John's disciples, they go to Jesus. And then we see Jesus also going to get by himself and, and, and I believe to go and be with the Father. Let's start in uh, verse 1. It says, At that time Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That's why miraculous powers are at work in him. At that time, there was this guy named Herod the Tetrarch, and, and uh, his full name was Herod Antipas. And that's not Antiposto, that's Antipas. And, and he was a son of Herod the Great. Now, Herod the Great was the guy who was in charge when Jesus was born, who, you remember the story, who, who uh, was so, like, insane with jealousy, and, and he had all the babies killed. You remember that? At the time of Jesus' birth? Well, this guy here now, he's one of his sons. And kind of Herod the Great's kingdom had been kind of broken up, and so Herod Antipas is, is uh, in, in uh, charge of a smaller portion of this whole kingdom and, and uh, this area here where they were now. Someone said this, though, about the Herod family. It says that the, Herod, the history of the Herod family is filled with lies and murder, treachery, and adultery. That kind of sounds like some of our political leaders nowadays. Not just our political leaders, but us as a human race. Lies, murder, treachery, and adultery. We see it in the newspapers. We sometimes don't want to watch the news. We don't want to look at the newspapers. It's just so full of all this stuff. Well, things haven't changed much, have they? From those days till now. 
it, said Herod, it says there that Herod, he heard the reports about Jesus, and, and he said to his attendants that, that this is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead. Now, why would he say something like that? Why do you think? Why did he say that? Why did he think it was John the Baptist? Anybody? Pardon? Yeah, he killed him, so why would he be thinking now? I can't hear if anybody said it or not, but he's got a guilty conscience, what he's got. Because he killed, he killed John the Baptist. And as we'll see as we're looking at this, again, this, this is uh, at this point in time, and then from verse 3 on, it goes back to explain what had happened. But Herod killed John the Baptist to, to stop him from speaking is one of the main reasons he killed him. And someone said this, that Herod could stop the voice of the preacher, but he could not stop or still the voice of his conscience, the conscience within. And we have this conscience, don't we? God has given it to us. God has given us this voice within when we do things that are wrong. And now Herod, he's done this wicked thing, very, very wicked, wicked thing. And now he hears about what Jesus is doing, and, and somehow he thinks that John the Baptist is risen from the dead. He's coming back to get me. <clears throat> Something about this conscience. One person said that the conscience can make even kings miserable when they have willfully rejected its advice. He says that our conscience can't save us. We need Jesus Christ to save us. But it can bring us to a place of conviction. Look at verse 3. Now he goes back to explain what had happened. It says, Now Herod had arrested John, <clears throat> excuse me, and bound him, and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. <clears throat> Herod had arrested John. He had bound him. He'd put him in prison. Why did he do that? Because of Herodias, his brother, Philip's wife. Now talk about drama. The drama of this whole situation, you don't, it's, not, it's not told here, but what happened was this, that, that Herod had gone to visit his brother in Rome, right? And he repaid the hospitality Someone said, by stealing his wife, Herodias. Herodias was his brother's wife. He went to visit him and he stole his wife. And he says, when Herod returned to Galilee with his ill-gotten gain, having renounced his own wife, John the Baptist denounced his deed. You see, he was already married. Married, Herod was. But then he goes to visit his brother and likes his brother's wife. He, he seduces her and takes her back, denounces his wife, sends her away, divorces her. Now, Herod's first wife was the daughter of an Arabian king. And this was a marriage that, that Caesar had arranged to keep peace between Arabs and Jews. And so he dumps her, and this later on comes back to him because that king, the father of this wife that he dumps... He's not real happy about that. And so he, with his army, comes and fights against Herod and his army and defeats the army of Herod. Herod's only rescued by Rome in that particular situation. Another thing about this is kind of weird, too, which is that 
when you look at the family lines of all this, Herodias was actually his half-niece, but it was also his brother's half-niece, so it gets pretty weird. John said, and the language here is that he said it over and over again, that it's not lawful for you to have her. It's not lawful. It's not right. It's not good for you to have her because of all the stuff that he had done. And, and John, looking into the scripture, Leviticus, the scripture made it very, very clear. In Luke chapter 3, it says, John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of Herodias, his brother, brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done. Herod added this to them. He locked John up in prison. So, so John the Baptist, this guy, again, he was the last of the Old Testament prophets. He wasn't afraid to speak the truth. And he spoke the truth to this leader. Perhaps, perhaps he was the only one who would speak to him. The only one that had the boldness, the courage to say something to Herod about the way he was living, about the way he was ruling, about the things he was doing. But it certainly did not make him popular. And, and when people uh, like that heard it, you know, they got very, very, very upset. But despite the personal uh, consequences, uh, uh, John the Baptist spoke out. I wonder, I was thinking about this sometimes, we, we need to speak up too. Sometimes we need to speak out. That doesn't mean we go around to everybody and, and every time we see somebody do something wrong, we've got to be the confronter, we've got to be the exhorter. You know, I've got the gift of exhortation and I'm going to confront you about uh, everything and anything that you do wrong. But there are times, I think, when God calls us to speak to somebody. Between us and God, to know when those times are right. Do we take them aside? Do we talk to them privately? Matthew chapter 18 goes through a whole thing. We'll get to that in, a, in four chapters. Strange thing. Look at verse 5, though. It says there that, that Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they, the people, considered John a prophet. Very strange situation. Turn, turn with me to Mark chapter 6 because there's more to that. He wanted to kill him, yes, but look at Mark chapter 6, verse 19. Let's start in verse 18. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. You, you kind of get the whole picture here? Well, first Herod says Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people. Herodias, she wanted to kill John, but Herod was afraid of John and protected him. But, but Herod hated John, but Herod also liked to listen to him. I mean, that's crazy. What is going on here in this situation, this world? Things are often very complicated, are they not? Sometimes we think we know all, the, we know all about a situation or whatever, but it's very complicated. 
He liked to listen to him. He, didn't, he, he, he wanted to kill him, but yet he didn't want to kill him. Back in Matthew chapter 14, <clears throat> Herodias, we saw that she hated him. She is nursing that grudge, and finally, finally she is the one who forces his hand. Look at verse 6. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for them and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. It says, on Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced. Now, uh, Mark tells us that Herod's officials and generals, his military commanders, the leading men of Galilee, they were all there having this party. And it says that here, it says that Herod was so pleased by this. And, and you kind of have to get the picture of what was going on here, the drinking that, that was probably taking place, that this was a party, all these men there. It, it's debauchery is really the word that sums it up, debauchery. I mean, this is his own stepdaughter now. It's wicked, really. Anything goes. And so what does Herod do? He gets caught up in the whole situation, and he makes this promise, he makes this oath to give her whatever she asked. And, and, and really, it's a very stupid promise, and it comes back to bite him. And sometimes we get in ourselves in situations where we make these promises that we should not make that come back to bite us. Often when we're in situations that we shouldn't probably be in. Watch out. John Corson, a pastor in, in Oregon, he says, Hardly a week goes by that I don't hear, quote, I was at this party, or I was down at the bar, or I was at the office get-together, and I said something I shouldn't have said, and then I did something I shouldn't have done. And John said, these statements always come from broken, devastated people whose lives are permanently scarred because they were playing the game. He says, watch out for an environment where the alcohol is flowing and seductive music is playing. I don't care what society says. I don't care what the demands from your boss might be. He says, watch out. Herodias' daughter is dancing. You'll get sucked in and you'll regret it later. Watch out. Watch out. It can happen even to us. Paul says in Ephesians 5, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Us as believers, be filled with the Spirit. Be careful. Be careful going down the road that the world says, this is cool, that's cool. You know, I, I'm very, very, very disturbed by what I see even in, in, in some uh, Christian quote-unquote circles where, where the, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to just to do this and do that and let's all drink together and let's all party. And, and uh, I, I'm not going to talk about alcohol right now. That's not the purpose of my message, but I think it's something you need to, you need to be very, very careful about. And many, many times we get ourselves into trouble when we mess around with things that the world says is okay. We should, we should be asking God, what do you think about this, God? Look at verse 8. It says, prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. What mother would do this? You know, used her own daughter, what? For her own revenge. To use her daughter 
this is like sick. You say, how could, how could that ever happen? Well, well, have you ever had your television set on and you flipped to one of those um, judge so-and-so shows and they got the family thing on? You look at them and you go, well, the, this daughter's over here and this mother's over here and what they, they get themselves into all these messes and, and you're going like, how could that ever, ever possibly happen? Well, it is happening. And they're getting paid to be on TV to talk about it. Some of these other crazy programs that, that, uh, that, that even glorify it, that these, these talk shows these guys get on there and say, well, we're going to get up there with, you know, mothers who did this with and their daughters and, and, and crazy, insane stuff. Perhaps, perhaps, you know, for us, we're looking at it now, perhaps they were desensitized in that society and, and it wasn't like as big of a deal as we think it is, but, but I wonder if our society and, and even us, we are being desensitized by the, what the, the media and the world and its system is, is putting on us. We become desensitized. Verse 9 <clears throat> the king was distressed by this request. But because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted. In other words, peer pressure. Because of his oaths, he made these promises, and there were people around who saw him make this promise. Well, i got to do it now because of, of the peer pressure, because of what they're going to think. Again, all these leaders and generals and leading people of Galilee, well, he would be thought weak if he changed his mind now. But the truth is, it was a very stupid promise for him to make. And I wonder, sometimes we make promises that we shouldn't make. Is there ever a right time to break a promise? Is there ever a time when we need to break a promise that we've made? I think there is. A, he, he should not have done what, what he did. Herod, as the ruler, he broke the law. It was against the law to do what he did without a trial. He should, as a leader, as, a, as the ruler, he should have been upholding the laws, not just breaking them because of his own desire to look good in, in the face of the people around him. Someone said that the execution, this execution, was an outrage by Roman as well as Jewish law. It was an outrage, besides the fact that it was wicked and gruesome. <clears throat> Verse 10, John, he had John beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought in up on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. I mean, unbelievable. What, what can you say about that? How wicked, how gruesome it is. The future of Herod and Herodias, you know, didn't just stop there. I mean, he was there for a while. But another one of Herod's brothers, who is called Agrippa, which we've seen that name in the New Testament, Herod, Herod's brother Agrippa, he got given the title of king. See, Herod was not really a king. They would call him that from time to time, but he wasn't really a king. But Herod's brother Agrippa got given the title of king by Caesar, by the emperor. And Herodias, 
she was extremely jealous of this. Extremely jealous. And, and she forced Herod to go to Rome to ask for the same. Herod didn't want to. She forced him to. Too. Finally, he went. When Agrippa heard about this, I mean, this is like a soap opera, you know. I mean, this goes on and on. And, and Agrippa accused Herod of treason against Rome. Caesar believed Agrippa over Herod. And the emperor banishes him to a far-off land, a place called Gaul. And gave everything that Herod owned to Agrippa. All this... All, his, all that he was ruling over, all of his uh, finances, money, possessions, everything. So they get banished off to this place where he and Herodias eventually died. Someone said this, uh, Barclay, a commentator, said these words, From the very beginning, Herod's illegal and immoral alliance with Herodias brought him nothing but trouble. He said if there ever was proof that sin brings its own punishment, that proof lies in the story of Herod. The stuff that he went on. You know, sin pays. Sin pays. Sin pays dividends, but they're not good dividends. And in the end, our sin will always find us out, the Bible says. Can we be forgiven? Yes, we can, and we are forgiven. But how much better it is to not sin than to sin and be forgiven. To not find ourselves in these situations. Had David, the king of Israel, not done what he had done, how much better off he would have been. The stuff that came into his family was unbelievable because of him going in the direction that he did. But let's get back to John the Baptist and we'll finish thinking about him before we have communion. John the Baptist... His life has ended not a very good way, of course. We know that. But Warren Wiersbe says these words that his ministry was now completed and, and he had heralded the coming of the king and he had faithfully preached God's word. And he said any Christian who is faithful to the word as John was will suffer persecution. He said the world is not the friend of the Christian. And the world has rejected the king and will also reject his messengers. John the Baptist stood up for the truth. He was the herald of the king, and, and, and it didn't go so well with him, and, and, and he suffered the worst kind of possible persecution. Now, you and I will suffer persecution, and, and the Bible says if we want to live godly lives in this world, we will suffer persecution. Don't be afraid of it. Jesus says, they, 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 they hate me, they will hate you also. But we have to be careful that we're not so worried about the peer pressure around us, what people think, fearful of man, that we're not, we're not uh, letting people know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're afraid of their response, afraid of what they might do or not do. John the Baptist, Jesus said that, among those born of women, there is not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You and I, sharing the gospel, letting people know. John's message was this. 
I must decrease, he must what? Increase. It's not about me, it's about him. John the Baptist, his whole goal in life was to point to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ. What a goal that is for you and I, that we would point to Jesus, that we would point to him. Look at the last few, uh, couple of verses there. It says there in verse 12, John's disciples, they came and they took his body and they buried it and then they went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Like I said earlier, they heard the news. And John's disciples, what did they do? They went. First they buried John's body and they gave him a proper burial, but it says and they went and told Jesus. They went and talked to Jesus. They told him. That's what his followers did. And then Jesus went, he heard, and he went by boat privately to a solitary place. And, and we know from looking at what he would usually do when he'd go by himself to a place like that, what would he do? He would talk to the Father. He would pray many times all night. What happens when we face these kinds of things in this life? And we will, the, the, not only the drama, but the, the wickedness that this world has, the difficulties that this world has to offer, and I'm not sure what that is. What should we do? We should go to Jesus. That's what John's followers did. And then Jesus went to the Father when he heard. Go to Jesus. That's really our only hope, isn't it? Go to Jesus. John's message was go to Jesus. And when he died, what did his followers do? They went to Jesus. At least these did. That's a message for you and I. Go to Jesus. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you even in this very difficult account of, of this man who really his life was, was given over because he spoke the truth. Father, we pray for that boldness in our lives, that we would not think about the consequences to ourselves. But as we, as we had thought about the consequences of eternal consequences in people's lives that we wouldn't be more concerned about ourselves but be concerned about people and the fact that they need Jesus and without him they're lost give us that boldness give us that courage that we could be in a small way like John the Baptist where we would decrease but Jesus you would increase no matter what the cost Father God, give us that boldness, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.